Well, this is different. Super. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, and you? I feel I, very close. <laughs> I, well, well, we are close. This yeah. is a good thing. Uh, a lot of you uh, listening can't really uh, try to help you visualize. Usually, when Courtney and I sit to record these podcasts, we have two tables set up. I'm at one facing Courtney on the other side. but Like a dinner table. Yeah, yeah dinner table conversation. Uh, but due to... Technical difficulties we don't need to get into. We're using a single mic today, and we are sitting next to each other on the same table. I'm just staring uh, very closely <laughs> at you. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. No, no, no. It's good. It feels um, almost like, <laughs> I don't even know, being like out to eat, and you both go to sit on the booth side. Uh, okay, that's weird. Can, yeah. Can, can we just... <laughs> or like just, being in a movie theater. Can we all recognize that you know, if, if that describes you, you're going out, you're sitting on the same side of the booth. What, what's going on? I'm a, I'm a same side booth You're sitter. a same side booth Nick sitter. Nick and I always sit on the same side booth. Oh, so why is that? Uh, it's more comfortable, the booth side, than the chair side. Oh, okay. I misinterpreted that. I thought that you were talking about a, where both sides are the booth. Like, like it's a booth. Like you got booth, booth, and they're both sitting on the same side. You're yeah. talking about a booth on one side. There's chairs on the yeah, other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was talking about booth, booth. Oh, okay. You're okay, talking okay. about chair, booth. <laughs> okay, that I I can let that slide. Yeah, the Still, chair is always way less comfortable. I agree. I I mean I, I have to sit in the chair though. Okay. Yeah. Posture. Yeah, and, no, I hear you. I hear uh, you. Lumbar man. But it is it is interesting because you spend the entire uh, dinner, or in our case, podcast, kind of like craning your neck to one side. I think it's maybe. But the, and then facing each I don't know. <laughs> this is this is what it is. I'm going to Best Buy. Hopefully we can uh, we can figure something we'll out before out. the next episode. But I'm happy you're here. You having a good morning? Yeah. I uh, wanted to know what uh, what's in your cup this morning. As, as, a, as a, a yeah, as a not coffee drinker, I'm always curious like what your go to is in the morning, and it changes from day to day. Well, it changes in the sense it really all that changes is the actual cup. Oh, is it it's the same thing chai. inside? It's, it's always, always a chai. chai latte or a chai tea. Chai tea latte. Uh huh. This is the um, this is the Keurig uh, K cup that I K dispensed cup. in my own personal cup this morning. Nice. I do not have the Starbucks in tow, but uh, I like this cup. I just got it from Target. It's good. Yeah. The slidey, uh, I have one that has a the slidey, slidey lid, top. slidey top lid. Yeah. Which is better because the one that I have, if you're drinking out of it or you're walking with it, it sloshes right out onto the world. Ooh, that's true. There's no closure of the of the lid lip opening. But that uh, that brand, that Yeti brand, that's uh, it's good. That's the up and coming. It keeps things cold. It keeps things hot. You would hope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's get rolling here. Yeah. Welcome, folks, to the Odyssey of Learning podcast. My name, of course, is Hunter. I'm Courtney. And uh, we're talking about back to school night. Back to school night. This morning. It's like a theme song. How's the, how's the theme song go? Yeah, that was all. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had back to school night last week here at Odyssey STEM Academy last Monday, and uh, man, what what fun! I so I really fun. really enjoyed uh, back to school night. But I think before we dive into it. It's important that we just kind of recap what back to school night is here at Odyssey. A little different than what you would traditionally 
uh, think of as back to school night. So let me kind of go over the tradition and then uh, Courtney, I'll let you explain kind of how we shake it up a little totally. bit here, Odyssey. So you think to any standard back to school night, uh, your, your parents, your folks are gonna come out to school and they're going to get to meet the teachers. They're gonna introduce themselves. Uh, the teachers are gonna talk a little bit about their classroom, their expectations, uh, probably the course syllabus, assuming you have one, and uh, just a little bit about the journey of learning that the kids will take uh, throughout the course of the year. They're on hand to answer any questions, bell rings, move on to the next teacher, uh, and get the same spiel essentially about you know, four or five times, depending on how many educators your your son or daughter is working with uh, that school year. But that is not how we do things here at Odyssey, is it, Courtney? It is not. It sounds super similar to what you just described, my high school experience. I remember going and leaving with so many pieces of paper, my family and I leaving with so many pieces of paper that we kind of got home and they just sat on the end of the island and we never looked at them or talked about them again. Um, so at Odyssey, we decide to kind of shake up that model of going from class to class to class. Uh, and we also shake up the model of being really teacher focused. So our back to school night is different kind of in those two big ways. First, uh, our scholars come in with their families and they sit in one particular classroom, their advisory classroom, and they go over all of their classes, all of their learning, all of their different various artifacts in one sitting. So not involving the science teacher or the math teacher, or the humanities teacher, but really just involving the kid and their work. And so they are the center stage and they are explaining to their families, here's what I've done so far this year and here's what's coming for me. Here's what challenges I anticipate I'll have. They open up their portfolio of work and they start to go through explaining to their families what they're learning, how that's going, what sort of feedback they've gotten. It's really more like a, how you would envision like a traditional student-led conference where, where the student is really at the center stage. So our scholars were able to uh, share with their families what, what's going on. This is a little different in that way. Yeah, and I, this is not a hyperbolic statement that I'm about to make at all, but the feedback I've received from families and kids and parents has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I, I have not heard a single uh, criticism of the way that we do back to school night, and I think that's due in large part to the fact that we are encouraging conversation that is unfortunately fairly atypical. I, I don't think that the approach to learning and um, the, the way in which parents are talking to kids uh, happens all the time, or at least as much as we would like it to. Yeah. But a majority of the comments that I hear are comments of learning from the parents. Yeah. Ha being able to be in a position where you're listening to your child enlighten you and, and educate you is, is both humbling and rewarding uh, in, in ways that you really cannot achieve through that traditional back-to-school night model. So. Uh, really positive things happening last week. Um, also a great opportunity to connect with our parents, uh, which is something we're going to get into a little later on the podcast. But uh, let's just kind of share an excerpt, share a, a moment that uh, really stood out in particular. Uh, was there a moment from Back to School Night last week, Courtney, that uh, really stood out to you? Definitely. Uh, can I share two? Sure. Okay, sure. the last one will be quick. But the first one... Uh, requires a little bit of explanation. So because we're with the same scholars that we were with last year, I feel like we've been, I know that we've been afforded the opportunity to really see their growth from like who they were in August of 2018 to who they were in August of 2019. And then now even so that we're two months into the school year in October, I, 
I just am blown away by the growth that so many of our scholars have made. And one scholar in particular comes to mind. I'm watching her present to her family, her brother, her mom, and her dad at Back to School Night, about concepts she was learning in English. She was explaining them in Spanish and using her bilingual father to help her uh, generate new vocabulary as she was explaining this really complex scientific experience in Spanish to her family using the English vocabulary and kind of her and her dad volleying back and forth trying to get to the bottom of what's this word in Spanish or like how do I convey this message and um, it to me when you're learning something there are like many different levels of depth with which you learn something the first level of depth is like can you listen to someone do it and then can you do it and then the next level of depth is like can you do it and can you explain it to someone else and then I think there's this whole other deeper level that's like, can you do it? Can you explain it to someone else? And can you explain it in a different language? It's pretty intense. It's really intense and it shows this like depth of understanding and genuine uh, interest in getting to like the authentic meaning of, of whatever they were learning. Uh, and so watching this one scholar with her family explain this, uh, I think it was the concept of, of how do you know that soil is healthy? How do you know that it's living soil? Uh, was super profound to me. And then the last little thing I'll share was, so at the end of our back to school night, all of our families write a note to our scholars, um, well, to their scholar, kind of as a, as a thank you for sharing and, and maybe calling out something that they were particularly proud of or they found really interesting, and they put it on this big post-it note and stick it on the door when they walk out. Just seeing that uh, those beautiful multicolored post-it notes hanging on my door with with all of these uh, messages of encouragement and of pride and of gratitude and uh, humility from from our families was just super inspiring and reminded me why I love this work and what a great turnout we had I know uh, in addition to that I think that when our families learn about what back to school night is uh, they're, they're a lot more excited. I was actually speaking with some of our colleagues who are new to Odyssey this year, talking about their experiences with Back to School Night at their school and how the turnout was always so low. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact you, you know what it is. There's, mm -hmm. there's really no surprises in that sense. Um, but then maybe also it's that the families don't feel that they're gaining anything by going to these Back to School Night events. Yeah. Um, Never mind the people that have prior commitments and, you know, we, we understand, uh, but great turnout. Definitely. Um, most of my advisory and there at least one, one member of their family yeah. showed up. I'm I had, sure I think, same. I think like 85% of my, yeah. of my scholars. Yeah, it's about the same. Um, my experience was a little bit different this year in that I brought some of my family Yay. with me. Uh, I was going to bring my whole family, but unfortunately my youngest son uh, at the time had a pretty gnarly fever, uh, and so my wife had to stay home with him. But I did bring my oldest, my three-year-old, uh, Junior, uh, over to uh, the classroom and just kind of let him run around. You know, part of being a, an advisor at Back to School Night is that we're, as implied, we're not standing in front of the room explaining the class or we're, we're just kind of there we're, we're on hand if to answer any questions that, that you may have we're not even really there to talk about like assessment or, or grades or anything that's mm -hmm. not the point I think you articulated it pretty well that it's about their learning and their journey and the kids ability to articulate that to their families that's that's really what this night is all about 
Um, and so I got, it was just kind of just me playing with my son. Uh, I brought some toys and things to keep him occupied, made sure that he wasn't being too disruptive to the other conversations going on in the room. Um, but I think that uh, back to school night like this lends itself to not only having our scholars open their families to us, I, I felt comfortable opening my family to them. Um, and as, as rambunctious as my, my little one is, he's, he's adorable. And uh, he'd turn in heads at the different tables and parents be like, I remember when you were that little. <laughs> and, uh, and it was fun. It was a good time. And, uh, and thankfully, uh, Junior behaved himself. So And he I'm brought his coolest light-up sneakers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got the, it, he's got the whole light show. He did a whole uh, like little feet. dance number for me outside to show me the sneakers. It was awesome. <laughs> so it was fun. It, it was a really good night. And uh, I think that I, I, all this comes back to this is a testament to our parents because student success here at Odyssey is so dependent on our families uh, in, in ways that are uh, kind of more universal and ways that are more unique to our infrastructure here at Odyssey and everything mm -hmm. that's going on. So I kind of wanted to shift the conversation into the role that our families, especially our parents, play um, here at Odyssey. And there's a few things that come to mind. Um, the first I think we can dive into is just the ways in which now we are reaching out to families. So just to recap, and these are going to be more traditional. The, 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 this list is probably um, things that as an educator or if you're listening, you're familiar with education, you're familiar with um, the ways in which schools traditionally reach out to families consist of mailers going home anytime we need to communicate something. Sometimes they'll pass out forms or documents in class that we'll give to the scholar with the expectation that then they bring that home and communicate that to the parents. Um, obviously in this day and age we have an email chain. Uh, we have email announcements. I think the, I just saw yesterday the first uh, like weekly events email mm -hmm. uh, went out. I, I think that when uh, our, some of our new office staff get on their feet, they're now getting those emails out. So everyone's uh, held on base there. Uh, and then even something we've started doing a little bit more this year is that our administration use, is using the Remind app um, to notify our different classes, our sophomores and our freshmen respectively, uh, about announcements that are of you know, particular importance to them. Sometimes their whole school, like, hey, today's a late start day. Um, sometimes they're more reminders for our sophomores, like mentorship started this week, talk to your son or daughter about what that progress is looking like, what they're doing, and things like that. Um, and so all the more traditional, question for you, Courtney, how effective do you think those traditional models have been for us so far? How would you assess that? Yeah, I mean, I in my mind, the more traditional models of communication are pretty necessary and serve the purpose of keeping the general populace informed, right? In terms of using school as an organization or having school be an organization, you need these consistent uh, universal methods of communication that go out to all families all the time. Uh, however, in this day and age of technology, we receive so much data and so much content as adults every day that I sometimes worry that if we're missing the personal connection in this like more universal outburst, you know, of mailers or phone calls or emails, um, it can go under the radar. You know, it can seem less important. But what I think is unique about Odyssey is our reliant not only on those traditional methods, but also on the more personalized communication and content that we, that we do with our families uh, and with our scholars here at Odyssey. And when I see communication done in that balanced way of being both universal and personal, 
it creates this hybrid of communication that I think is really effective. So um, you shared like such a great list of the more universal things we do to communicate. What are some of the more personal ones? Absolutely. So let's go ahead and take it first to alt school. Alt school. Alt school. Uh, saving grace. Altitude learning. Altitude learning. I think we can still. I think it's not illegal to call it alt school. I Kelsey, think we're still good. You gotta let us know. Kelsey, if you're listening, we need an official decision. Are we in trouble for calling, <laughs> calling it alt school? school? I even if we are, I prefer. I like living kind of dangerously. Yeah. Like that. I, I prefer. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm fine putting my 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 neck out there. Um, but yeah. So alt school lends itself to effective family communication. When we assign work or tasks or projects using Alt School, we use that platform to give the scholars their assessment, the assessment of their work, are they emerging, practicing, meeting, or advanced. But then there's a, there's a, a post step in that process that once the assessment has been assigned, um, Alt School has what they like to refer to as the stream. Uh, stream of consciousness, stream of work, stream of whatever you want to call it. The stream is probably, in my view, the most effective way that we can directly inform parents and families about student progress. Progress reports are great, very important, but they're so periodic. Whereas with the work that we assess, as soon as I assign an assessment to a scholar, I can immediately, with the touch of a button, send that home to the stream. And what that means is that whoever has access to the stream at home, we get parents' logins, family logins, things like that, they can go in, they can do a daily check, and presumably maybe once a day, once every other day, they're going to see something new pop up in there that's going to directly inform them about their students' learning and maybe what they're doing well, maybe things that they need to work on improving. And I can't tell you how many comments on the stream I've received from parents after I pass that assessment out um, maybe they have questions. Maybe they have some concerns that they want to bring up on their end. I think that it's a, it's a way that we communicate with families that I haven't had the, the joy of experiencing in any classroom setting yet in my career. I'm wondering if you have similar experiences using the alt school stream. Yeah, it kind of breaks down the barrier between um, educator and family, and it allows learning to be more of a communal process. Um, so I think so often teachers are seen as the only experts in a student's learning and what this platform and this function of it can do is to make not only the educator an expert in the student learning but also the family and to open the curtain like pull back the curtain and open the door for them kind of two metaphors there but I think they're both fitting uh, to show a family like look here's what I as an educator notice about your kids learning and I want to communicate that to you so you can see it also. And the scholars are getting that same feedback. The families are getting that same feedback. We're making sure that the door is open, the curtain is pulled back, and it just creates an environment where the work itself and the learning itself is more valuable than the end product grade. And that, to me, is like at the center of the mission of our school and at the mission of really effective student-centered learning. And um, so that's why, that's why the platform, the stream function really, really resonates with me is it because it makes learning so much more of a community experience as opposed to like a teacher focused one. The families become an integral part of the learning yeah, journey for, for the kids. 
Um, and that manifests itself beyond alt school. We've talked about, uh, to a certain extent on the podcast before, we've talked about exhibitions mm -hmm. here at Odyssey, what they look like, what they're for, what your role and my role is in that process. But I think speaking on the, the parent side, this is yet another way in which we kind of show that outreach and we encourage this dialogue to happen between the scholars and their families, um, allowing them to actually witness their their students learning mm -hmm. and and to grapple with it to engage in it to um, just try to understand that that common working towards that common understanding um, starts honestly starts with back to school night yeah. that, that kind of sets the tone and then at the end of each trimester for for each trimester exhibition kind of looping it in again thinking critically about you know what is it that we're doing how can I as a parent, I mean, if I'm, if I'm talking from a parent perspective, how can I as a parent help my child? How can I help them be successful? And when you're doing the traditional universal modes of communication, I think they're helpful to an extent, but you talk about the alt school stream and you talk about the exhibition, I think that this is introducing an element of learning for students and parents, but particularly for parents and families and giving them another avenue, a much clearer look into how they can further assist and further help their children uh, be successful. And I think it's incredibly empowering. Um, I'm not sure if you have the, uh, any different thoughts on that. I think we see pretty much eye to eye yeah, <laughs> on totally. that front. Totally. I think that um, it goes from giving families really the only move that they have is to say, go do your work, go do your homework. What are you doing for work? What are you doing for school? And if I'm a teenager and I'm not accustomed to sharing my learning with my family, I'll be like, okay, I'll do my work. I don't have homework, fine. But this model translates go do your work to like, hey, I noticed on question number five, you didn't answer it completely. <laughs> and Hunter left you this really interesting piece of feedback. And I'm wondering if you and I can talk through it and then you can add what we talk about to that question. You know, or um, I noticed on your math group assessment, you were a really awesome leader, but you kind of missed this step in the problem. Uh, Winces had, had commented that on, on your card. Can you talk to me about why you missed that step? What's the step you missed? How do you even solve this problem? And so it gives families a lot more ownership over helping their scholars really understand what's going on for them in school and opening up that communication because I'm sure, I haven't done it yet, but I'm sure raising a teenager <laughs> is not easy. And so the more help that we give our families when it comes to like connecting what's going on at school and what's going on at home and really making sure that that, that window is wide open is, my, uh, is super important. My three-year-old is uh, <laughs> trying to delay the teenage years as much as <laughs> possible, though everyone tells me I'm just going to blink a few more times and it's going to be it's going to be upon me. Um, I really appreciate the way I, it's always been implied that conversation you're talking about. Like, tell me what <laughs> I'm just imagining a dinner conversation. Tell me about question number five and a kid going, uh, what? Yeah. 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 The card, the, the, the math portfolio. I decided you know, one of the questions was incomplete. Like what's, what's going on? How can I help you? And it's like, uh, like accountability comes to mind, totally. obviously. And so, um, man, to be a fly on the wall for those conversations, cause that would, uh, that would be interesting, and again, I, I don't I don't say that I don't mean it to sound like a punishment. I mean it to 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 be. I'm excited. No, it's I'm, an opportunity. I'm thrilled that our families 
have that access now. Access totally. is a big key word in all of this. Totally. And uh, and to see that and actually think about how that might be manifesting itself around the dinner table nowadays uh, with our scholars, uh, anyways, is is really cool. It's really exciting. Um, we love our families. That's what it boils down to. We really uh, do. We need them. So many uh, ways in which this school would not be possible were it not for the dedicated moms, dads, grandparents, siblings, um, friends, aunts, uncles, everyone involved in this process. Um, and so just to kind of you know, finalize this shout out for our families, let's just kind of remind ourselves what it is that they do that helps us run the way that we run. We've got, and I'll just list some and I'll, I'll let you yeah. kind of jump in and comment. Um, we've got our site council where we have staff and we have families meeting once a month. Once a month? Twice a month? Uh, once a month, once sometimes a month, once right? every other month. Um, to kind of assess where we are as a school, a community, how are we doing? Make decisions, yeah, spend uh, money. Kind of that more administrative, uh, you know, influence, bureaucratic, This is these are the decisions we need to make as a school type thing. Would not be possible We're without parents. We have sophomores at mentorships right now. And many of them would not be able to participate in the mentorships if they didn't have mom or dad driving them and taking and time out of their schedule day. to and from this mentorship twice a week. Yeah, that's a, and that's a big deal, especially if you're a working family. You, you, that that's a commitment. I have a scholar. Quick aside, a scholar who um, was pursuing a mentorship. I just found out yesterday is in downtown Los Angeles, which we're like LA based. That's that's what we could say, but. Paramount Lakewood area to downtown Los Angeles. My commute every day. Different worlds. Different worlds. That's at least 45 minutes one way. Yeah. And and I, I kind of had to put the brakes. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know this is downtown LA, right? And he goes, yeah, my mom wants to take me. My mom's going to take me. And and I was just blown away by that statement because that's, that's, that is a huge, huge commitment totally. for a parent to make. And I think I'm going to be putting in a phone call today just to exuberantly thank them for that opportunity. Um, he's gonna, this scholar in question is gonna be working at an architecture firm. That is so In cool. downtown Los Angeles, it's remarkable, remarkable. So getting kids to and from where they need to go, and then just as we've been implying earlier, talking to the kids about their progress and really starting to engage them in conversation around their work, not only for accountability, but I, I truly believe, and again, I think this might be coming from more of my parental perspective, I think it just, it boils down to building a deeper bond and a deeper connection with, with your kid. I think that high school for a lot of people is a place where it's like kind of two worlds. You've got school, you've got home, and there's kind of a, maybe sometimes even a larger distance between the two. Um, and for better or for worse, I think that as long as we're making strides to, to have those two spheres overlap, overlap yeah. just for the sake of understanding, for the sake of knowing where each person is coming from, I think is a really, really powerful tool. And I'm excited that we have opportunities like the ones just mentioned uh, to facilitate that. Yeah, if we call on our families, they show up. Um, whether it's for back to school night, exhibition, parent university, PTA, a school dance, doing hair, doing makeup, helping uh, just to create this community and, and come together and be participants in the learning experience, our families at the school uh, in this district are outstanding. And not to mention when Teacher Appreciation Week comes around and we get We have way too much food. And food and treats <laughs> and stuff. We have to wear uh, my baggy pants on, uh, on those weeks. Just, yeah. to, just to help compensate. Yeah. Uh, to our families out there, we love you. And uh, we appreciate you probably more than you know. 
Um, we couldn't do our uh, job without you. Yeah, it's, you, you, you make a world of difference. So thank you, uh, sincerely. Uh, and I think that's going to do it. That's going to do today. it. Man, what a celebration of our families, of our scholars, and everything that they can accomplish. We should try to do this again next week. I, I might kick you back to the other side of the table. I like this, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But uh, for the Odyssey of Learning podcast, my name is Hunter. And I'm Courtney. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have a good day. Have a good one.